This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Geraint Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Brought to you by Zwift, the indoor cycling app. Jump on your smart trainer and jump into Zwift. Kreuzer, or welcome. How are you, G? How's the body feeling after your first race of the season? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Tom. It was a solid old race, um, stressful race. The re-emergence of my bacterial infection a week before and being on antibiotics mm. definitely didn't help. But yeah, it was a um, good race to, well, get going again for the season. You know, good uh, good group of lads down here. We had a good time doing it. And Max had a great time as well. It was quite... It was nice having him at finishes where they aren't super crazy. You know, generally in Europe, you got the team bus and there's a lot of a lot of people outside the bus and whatever. And you don't really get if you know someone, it's probably the worst place to try and see him because you can't just chat. You can't like, you know, there's always somebody who wants an autograph or photo or something. So yeah, here it was a bit different. So uh, it was nice to have him. He was sat there on the picnic chairs with us for a bit, and he kept he gave me my recovery chubba chub lolly a couple of times so yeah, he was loving it down here so uh yeah good week good week to get back into it has max picked up any aussie inflections in his voice he started up talking mate like that little bit at the end <laughs> everything's going up oh he's been hanging out with caleb ewan's um daughter actually lily who's a little bit older than him and yeah they get on really well actually they play really well together so yeah he maybe is gonna start picking up a bit of that aussie twang yeah Nice. Well, gee, we've had a lot of people get in touch since our Jonas Vinegar episode. So welcome all of you to the GTCC. Right, I've got some Danish names to pronounce here, gee, wish me luck. Uh, Jesper Sternholm says he's looking forward to serving some Danish pastry, gee, when you visit Denmark. You a fan of Danish pastry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, as we as we chatted with Vinegar about, it was, uh, yeah, I do love a Danish pastry. You know, there's different pastries in there. I'm no chef, as you can tell, but... Um, I'm not into the flaky stuff, but yeah, no, it's, um, I am a fan, not going to lie. Well, we've got another recommendation for you. This comes from Christopher Rom Bernstein, who recommends, and I will give this a go, Christopher, Rodopolsa with Brod. Uh, he also says to try the Camelassa. Camelassa. Next time you visit the bakery, I've can you remember that? i heard of that Camelassa. Well, I say heard of it. Um, like when I see it written down, I kind of recognise it. But, oh, yeah, I'll give it a whirl, for sure. They do good bread as well, don't they? Like, like, oh, like their sarnies are good. Or, mm. yeah. Is it technically a sandwich if it's an open sandwich? Uh, I'm not into open sandwiches, Tom. It's not a sandwich, not, is it? That's just a piece of bread with stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that's what you, you were kind of saying, that you normally have an open sandwich. Like, I don't think that counts as a sandwich. No. Although it does make you feel like you're having two so you're like you feel a bit more satisfied. <laughs> have you ever had? Do you have jam with like ham and cheese? Jam with ham and cheese. Oh, it's nice. As in jam, jam. Yeah, jam, jam. What? Jam out of a jar, <laughs> but like the fruit version. No, because we when I was in Germany for I did a stagiaire, two thousand and five. I was in Leipzig staying for a few weeks, and we drove to Belgium to do a race. That was a hell of a drive, and we stopped in a bakery on the way in Germany, and we just like. I just basically had like three massive like cakes really. And I was like, this is a pro team. Like what the hell's going on here? 
And then for like breakfast, then everyone was all having these half or half open sandwiches, jam, you know, ham and cheese. I was like, oh, sod it. I'll join them. See what it's like. Mate, it's good. Seriously? Yeah. If you get like a, you know, those brown with like um, sunflower seed rolls, you know, the real. Yes. Those, that type of thing. Oh, a lovely bit of bread that chopping off strawberry jam, ham, cheese. Lovely. Open sandwich. Well, I'm going to try that before we get back together again for our next episode of the GTCC. I will try that. If you have stitched me up, um, I will take a heinous revenge upon you next time we meet. <laughs> you won't regret it, Tom. Okay. So that's enough diet you chat. Should we get a guest on? Do it. We all love coffee, don't we, G? Never do this pod without one, Tom. Or a ride, actually. Yeah, there is nothing better than a quick coffee for a cold winter ride or before hopping on Zwift. So, I know we'll both be delighted with the next sponsor of this podcast, Origin Coffee. Also, there is a cheeky discount code we've got for all our listeners. Origin Coffee are one of the leading brands on the coffee scene and they get just how much cyclists love coffee. And get this, Tom. Origin's director of coffee... Freda is a three times UK cup tasting champion. Not once, Garrett, not twice, but three times. That is pretty impressive. Would you like another great fact? All online orders are roasted and shipped the very same day. Super speedy, just how we like it on this podcast. They also have a rewards program, so customers like you and me can earn points and get cash back every time we shop online. So why not try one of their delicious espresso blends or an interesting single origin coffee? There are so many profiles to try, and all the coffee comes in home compostable bags. So if you want to order some Origin Coffee and get a massive 30% off, just go to origincoffee.co.uk and use the code GTCC30 at checkout. That's the code GTCC30 at checkout. Go and get yours today. Enjoy! Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Our guest today, Tom, is a second Aussie for Series 3. We do like an Aussie on this podcast, don't we? Uh, he's won five stages of both the Tour de... F- Fucking our mid-intro, Marco. <laughs> hey, mate. Did you find any? No. Oh, okay. No worries. Sure. I take a picture. <laughs> it's all being recorded here, mate. Thanks. See you later. Yeah. Second time lucky. He's won five stages of both the Tour de France and the Giro. That's right. Five. Yeah. Yeah. And oh yeah, one of the Vuelta, and I was just coming to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one, and one of the Vuelta. I've actually just done the Tour Down Under together, so I'm actually on his patch. But um, we haven't had a sprinter for a while either. So welcome to the GTCC, Caleb Ewan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. It's uh, well, good to have you on. We've had Sam Bennett. Uh-huh. Um, have we had another sprinter, Tom? I think that's. No, I think Sam was our man, was he, back in Series 1, giving us all the secrets of bunch sprints? Yeah. And one question that, one thing I asked him was, um, you two, you and Sam are good mates, aren't you? 
Yep. Or yep. kind of go through peaks and troughs, it seems. Well, with your friendship, like. No, we're we're always good mates. Well, see, I'm probably annoying for him because I just like to talk shit, whereas he's a little bit more serious than me. You always want but, to sprint him when you're on the bike. Yeah, you? like I like the banter. He's he's just very professional, very serious. But I like to like you know I like to have race with him out out on you know, training or whatever. But a bit like a boxer, aren't you? Yeah, like Tyson. He, he don't like it. He <laughs> yeah. never wants to sprint me in training. And I think like we should take advantage of being you know. Good sprinters, friends. We can push ourselves to be better, but doesn't want to borrow of it. So anyway. that must be a bit strange, though, because like Sam said, you know, when it comes to the race, it's just the race is the race, obviously. But it must be a bit strange when it's a good mate. Like, does any part of you think, "Oh, I'm not going to chop this guy," whereas if it was say Boani or someone? Well, I mean, you don't. Yeah, I mean, you don't really want to chop anyone. But obviously, in the last, you know few k of a of a race or 10k of a race anyone that's in your way and you, if you need to get past them and you have to chop them you do and it doesn't really matter if it's you know sam or yeah Bruhani or whoever it is even you like fuck if i have to get past you no nah, you wouldn't chop me though would i wouldn't you? chop you i almost took you out once in the tour stage you were coming back through the bunch really quickly <laughs> and if it wasn't you if it was another gc rider i reckon they were yeah they were going down how long ago was that that was at the that was the first tour I did, so it was 2019. Oof. Okay. Luke, had, Luke had taken you to the front. Ah, uh, and then we were like, and then you, out of it. Yeah, you, then you're getting out of the way, but you're coming back through the bunch, and I need to get past you. But, yeah. Well, thanks for that, mate. No stress. <laughs> Usually, just, you know, doesn't matter if we're friends or not. Sam's the same. Doesn't matter. I guess he said the same thing. Um, Pretty much, yeah. 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 You just... We're, we're all there to win. That's what we're paid to do. We're not paid to be nice, so... That's just the way it is. That's sprinting. What would you say to G, Caleb, as you're coming past him? As he's like a sort of mobile bollard in the road coming backwards. What's your, are you very polite? Are you just saying, excuse me, going? Would you mind moving to the left if it's possible at all? Um, or is it a bit spicier? Are we allowed to swear on the podcast or not, really? Yeah, you can swear, man. I'd be like, fuck G. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah, you do try not to come back through the middle. Like, uh, Times like for Tour Down Under, for example, I got out of there on the first stage and like, yeah, got out on the left. And basically, I was with Magnus, who we were kind of helping for GC. And literally, 400 meters, he was on deck. So I was like, thank the Lord I got out of there because I would have been with him. So it's just, does you know, the bunch these days, to me, it feels more stressful. Tour yeah. Down Under certainly did. Yeah. Do you feel the same? And is, spr is sprinting gone up that stress level with it? Well, I, I'd say the sprint's the same. Like the sprint, the last 5K of a sprint or 10K of a sprint, maybe it's gotten more stressful like further out now from the sprint. Hmm. But the sprint itself is like, it's always super stressful. But I just find all day it's stressful now. There's like no point in the day. Well, there's like a few points, but you know, if there's a little climb coming or a narrowing the road, it's just like the bunch is so stressed about everything. Hmm. And yeah. like even here, like this was a, you know, pretty chill race to start the season, and now great roads. Like, there's no need to be stressed on these yeah, type of roads. Now it's just like crazy. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but um, yeah, everyone's everyone's very nervous. What is that change, Caleb? Is it the number? Because this is, seems to be like a a glory period for sprinting from the outside. In that there's so many top sprinters, and there's so many teams who've got a sprinter in their ranks. But I wonder if it's for you guys on the inside. Actually, it's it's not a glory. It's a nightmare. Because there's too many sprinters. There's too many teams wanting to win bunch sprints. 
yeah, it's, it's a real nightmare because every race you go to now, it's like there's like a real good sprinter basically at every race. You know, sometimes a sprinter will go to a smaller race, you know, get to know their lead out a bit better, practice a bit, and then you go to the big one and hopefully you've got everything dialed. But there's like no race you can go to now where there's just B or C grade kind of sprinters. Every race you go to, there's at least one really good guy. I think the days of, you know, the guys, you know, Gripling have those guys, you know, racking up 15 wins for the year. Those days seem to be gone. It's just, even if you are the best, it's it's super hard to you know, stay on your game all year. And, you know, things like if you, if you leave your sprints a little bit late or go too early, like if you go too early, it's, there's always going to be like a real good guy just behind you that if you start fading before the line, that they'll probably come around you. And you can see like in the sprints now, it's so close all the time. Like the max you probably win by is a bike length maybe. But yeah, all the all the sprints are super close. There's, you know, Like going back to when Cav was dominating, he'd win the sprint by 20 bike lengths. There's no competition for him. Whereas now it's just doesn't seem to be like that. How about lead outs? Because... <clears throat> like, I don't know, I think it's fair to say, you've never had, like, the best lead-out train. You've always been looked after and whatever, but, say, Quickstep, for example, a decent sprinter in Quickstep seems to win more than when he's not in Quickstep. Yeah. That is a purely, it's got to be a big reason it's lead-out in that team. Yeah, I think so, but, I don't know, I think it goes for the whole team. Something about that team... Mm. When riders are there, they go really good. And when they leave, they never seem to go as good anymore. True. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's the culture that they have in the team. They've, they obviously win a lot of races. So that kind of brings everyone up in the team. So everyone's a bit more confident. I don't know if it's, yeah, I've never been that team. So I don't know. But I'm guessing that, yeah, they've got a, a good culture in the team where, yeah, they're winning all the time and, you know, everyone's on a high. Whereas um, maybe when they leave... They go into a team that's maybe not so confident anymore and their performance goes down. But yeah, definitely, obviously, I look more at the sprinters and sprinters that, let's say, aren't, uh, they're good, but maybe not the best. They go there, they get really, really good. Um, they leave and they probably go back down to mm. where they were before. So uh, yeah, I don't know if it's the if it's the lead out or what we're talking about, the culture or um, but yeah, they definitely do have a, a good lead out and I'd say Morkov now is the kind of standard for, for a mm. lead out man. He's super good. But yeah, like any race they go to, even even if there's guys in the, in the race you don't even know, they still seem to be able to put together a pretty good lead out. So I don't know what it is. Would you go to that team for guaranteed 10 more wins, a few more Grand Tour stages, but 75% wage cut? <laughs> no. Nah. <laughs> it's still a job I still, you know got school fees to pay for now mate so I just yeah. gotta go where the money is I don't know I've got I guess that sprinter arrogance in me that I just think I can win anywhere so mm. if a team's willing to pay me 75% more I just think I'll go there and just win the same anyway but yeah exactly um, maybe in reality it's not true but it's I, great. Don't, I, mean, I don't think I'd take a 75% pay cut nah mate I wouldn't uh, do it yeah I don't think you should do it. No. <laughs> but like, it's great though, isn't it, Tom, that the sprinter-like egos. Love a bit of that. The sport needs more of that, I think. Those characters are stand out. Obviously, Cav's a big character, isn't he? Caleb's got a good confidence about him. Sam's completely opposite. You Like, if you met him, you wouldn't really think it would. He's Although he is his... confident when you speak to him, but... Yeah. He's not like... You're a bit more of a, like a 
you should be in UFC, you know, promoting your own fights. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas Sam's like, yeah, yeah. Well, Sam's definitely yeah. quietly. Well, yeah. See, if I was in like the UFC, I'd love the shit talk, and yeah, that's, that's why what I mean, I mean yeah. that's why I like being friends with Sam is that I can have that shit talk with him because we're <laughs> friends. Whereas, you know, if I went up to Buhani and tried to shit talk with him, is He'd probably bloody knock my head off in the. I don't know. <laughs> just not the same. It's just funnier when it's with a with a mate. But mm. I don't know. I like shit talking in in the race as well. People, a bit of fun. But everyone's so serious now, so it's a bit hard to do. So why do sprinters have to be like that, Caleb? Why do sprinters have to be a little bit cocky and enjoy the challenge? Is it something to do with the the danger? Is it the love of speed? Well, I don't know if sprinters have to be like that because, like we were saying before, Sam's not like that at all. He's like the complete opposite to me, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if just being a sprinter, that's just your personality because you're a sprinter. I just, I don't know what it is because I think like, even if I wasn't a sprinter or a cyclist, I guess I'd have the same personality, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just trying to think of some other sprinters then. Obviously Cav's more like you. Viviani is more like Sam. He's a bit more reserved than he He's not going to be maybe, maybe it's all the small sprinters like Cap and I. Yeah, maybe it's a height thing. It's got nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with your sprinter. Or it's not. like a small man syndrome <laughs> thing. Because yeah. all the big ones are actually like, you know, Kittle, Greipel. They're all pretty, they're really nice kind of. Yeah, that's true. Pretty reserved guys. And you get Cav. I'm not Cav's level. He's, <laughs> he's a bit more like chirpy than me. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Grown away again, he's small, but he's not too uh, in he's your face. He's pretty big, isn't he? Is he big? He's oh, I don't know. You'd know more than me. He's wide. He's wide. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he speaks Dutch. I don't even know if he talks too much shit or not. But um, mm. he's got like definitely a, a confidence or a bit of an arrogance about him, I'd say. Maybe more so than some of the others. What are the biggest sort of sprint races then? You've obviously got San Remo. It's kind of like the classic, isn't it? Yeah. You've got the Paris stage. Yeah, San Remo is becoming less and less mm. of a sprinter's race now. When you have like these kind of, like, what do you call it, like hybrid riders like Van Poel and Van Art, who mm. can just climb like way better than a sprinter and almost sprint as good as a pure sprinter. You so, nearly attacked over the Poggio though. Yeah. When was that? Good legs. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think like on my day, I think I can definitely win it. But then it's just like... Then you have to have at least a teammate that gets over with you because there's always someone that attacks at the bottom. Yeah. Um. Because now I've lost it twice. I've been second twice. First, Nibali got away, and second was uh, Stoven got away. So I know I can win it, but just it's such like you need luck to to fall your way so much in that race. You have to have good legs, which I don't always have, and then you have to have the race really come back together for you for the sprint, and then you have to win the sprint. So yeah. But then Paris is probably the the next. Well, mm. that's the one that all sprinters want to win in their yeah. career once. So, yeah. I don't know what else there is. Again, Wevelgum used to be, but it's not so much yeah, now, now, is it's it? Now it's now. See, all the racing is getting too hard. Yeah, that's a problem. Like that, Tom, every race has to have a bit of gravel or some steep oh, yeah. climb or yeah. more like, climbs. Even here, like Victor Harbour is usually a sprint stage, yeah. but then I have to put that climb 20k to go, breakaway gets away. I, yeah. get, I mean, I guess it's more exciting if you're watching, but... As a sprinter, it's like, I can't just take the climb out. Let's, let us do a sprint. But, uh, yeah. If I were a sprinter, I would get really annoyed by the hybrid races you've just referred to, Caleb. Because they weren't there five, ten years ago. You didn't have 
people like Van Aert and Van der Poel who were winning sprint stages. You also didn't have this wave of GC contenders who also fancy now winning sprint stages. It's like everyone's piling into your turf. Mm, yeah, it's very annoying. And the other thing is there's like less and less sprints. Like if you look at the Giro this year, I think there's like three sprints in the whole Giro or something. And then it's just kind of like the tour not the tour this year i sprinted in um copenhagen and then i didn't sprint again until paris which was not really that i mean it was the race's fault a little bit because it was so hard but there was probably only one stage that maybe i should have got to the finish but didn't it was when there was like a climb 50k to go a real hot day super is that, hot is that the one where you crashed on Jobert and then a few no you didn't crash team crashed yeah no i crashed oh you did phil took me out there yeah Huh. Um, no, that was a day that uh, I think Pedersen stayed away. There's a group that stayed away. Right, right. But there was that day that Philipson won. There's maybe 50 left in the yeah. bunch. There was that, it was real hot. There's a climb there. But I mean, that was maybe the only other day that I could have sprinted. But yeah, I got dropped. So yeah, I didn't sprint for basically the whole tour until Paris. And then my gears were jumping on, on the straight. So basically rode the whole tour for, for nothing. It's been annoying. <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. No, I saw. Well, you good. brought it up to be fair. But... Yeah, I brought it up. No, it's all good. I got to see G come third. That was nice. So, mm. Yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah, you're right though, because going when you you were growing up, certainly when I was growing up, the first week of the tour was massive long stages, all ending in bunch sprints. That was just the rhythm of the tour. And now the tour organisers, in fact, a lot of organisers of of Grand Tours, they like the funky stuff early doors, don't they? You might get a couple of stages, but definitely by stage three, something's happening. There's a curveball in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even cobbles and stuff now. Like, I don't think when I was watching it back in the day, there wasn't cobble stages. Now it seems to be every three or four years. But to be honest, as a GC guy, a bit of a harder stage is generally a bit nicer, though, because they're not like coming into those finishes is just like, oh, as we were talking about earlier, you know, you're staying at the front until 3K to go, because then if something happens, you get the same time as the bunch. But it's just stressful. Like when you sat, say, 20, 25 back in the middle of the road and you're seeing these sprinters just going left, right. You're kind of like, you know, when you watch on TV, you've got no perception of like not that bad, where they are and like, mate, you're, you're horrific. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, you, like, but, don't you like that? Oh. oh, Not when you're sat there just seeing it and you just like see someone like slamming on the anchors and then someone's in the barrier and then. And you're just like, oh my God, guys, just please just stay on your bikes. Like, just go straight. But, try being there in the sprint. That's the worst. Like, the last, oh, I can the last three Ks, it's just like, God damn, it's a nightmare. Do you, it's crazy. When it comes to that, are you like, right, I'm staying on my leader, man, no matter, no matter what? Or Well, it depends, like, yeah, or maybe I've lost them. And that's the worst part when you've lost them and you're on your own surfing. Mm. Because usually if you're on your lead out, man, you get some respect. But as soon as someone sees you on another train, they're just like, oh, if he's there, I want to be there. And just, they have no problem trying to take you off the train. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it does get pretty hectic. But I like, it. I don't know, maybe the the fear of it hmm. is a thrill. I don't know. To be I don't honest, know what it is. I still have that. Like, when I'm sat here now, I'm like, well, no way. Like, why do I want to do that, get involved in that? And even in the race, like 50k to go. But then you have your caffeine gel. And it starts yeah, eating yeah. up a bit and then you're like, oh, yeah, I've, I have got a sprinter. I've got a bit of a job to try and do. And then before you know it, you're boxing on with that Taj bloody Jones. Yeah. Mate, 
it was the same thing, Tom. I was basically behind Caleb. I happened to get behind Caleb with maybe 3K to go. Obviously, everyone wants his wheel. Everyone in the race, like, that we just did wanted his wheel. I was trying to help Ethan, who happened to lose my wheel. So I'm there just, I was like, all right, I'm going to get out of here at some point. Like, I'm not going to try and sprint. And then I've got this Taj Jones, is his name, I think. He just, like, he's giving me these big, massive bang, like, riding into me, like, proper hooks. And there's like big gravel on the side. I'm like, oh, mate, come on. Like, But then as soon as he starts doing that too, you don't want to give up then, do you? You don't want to just give the wheel up for the sake of it. Oh, you're in a fight then, aren't you? Yeah. So, you know, he's a big heavyweight. I'm only like a bloody welterweight or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, I saw that. You're not getting this wheel yet. And then eventually, like, you know, there's a few other things kicking off. And I'm like, right, I'm, I'm getting out of here now. As I mentioned, then I swung out. But you can't help yourself, can you? Sometimes? Yeah. No, it is... It is fun until maybe you crash and then it's not so fun. But if you don't crash, you look back on it, you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. Mm. But yeah, the, to be honest, as a sprinter, like I said, I, I give you room. But when I see a GC rider up there in the finishes, I'm just like... Get up Because a lot of them can't handle their bike. You can handle your bike pretty good. Yeah, Some least... of them are absolutely like useless. And like you said, like people are going everywhere. And these guys are just like, they just don't know what to do. And then you're in, they're in your way, and it's just this. I don't know. I reckon GC riders have made sprinting really dangerous. <laughs> or the last part of the race. No, yeah, I, I like, I'm not. I'm not that. there in the last cave of mountain top getting in your way, am I? No, no, but you are the I, bottom. I no respect. On. No, yeah, but I'm talking about the end. Yeah, I yeah. get out of your way, let you guys do your thing. You should do the same for me. Mate, I do, mate. You've... Yeah, you're good, you're good. Yeah, thanks. It's not like, you know, <laughs> you know, he's not good. Quintana. I was oh my Quintana. God. He's always, he's always in the way. Yeah. It's hard to Unbelievable. Like, knock someone out of the way that's like under your handlebars. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Like... That fear part of it, Caleb, is really interesting to me because most people who ride their bikes at an amateur level would be absolutely terrified. Let's say you gave them some sort of weird superpower for the day or an e-bike where they can briefly keep up with you guys. They'd be terrified by it. They'd be terrified by the madness, by the shouting, by the danger. And I guess that part of that fear is in you guys, but also, like you say, the fear is the fun bit. It's almost like it's the reason to get out of bed. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, you you have to embrace it. Otherwise, you know, as soon as you get scared and you don't like it anymore, like like the hecticness anymore, then I think, like, as a sprinter, you're done. Like, every sprint's pretty scary at some point. There's no... I mean, I can't remember a sprint where it was just, like, my lead-out train was just perfect, peeling off. I didn't have to fight with anyone, and then I could just sprint 150 metres to go. There's always, like, something going on. So, yeah, I think it's just about embracing it. Like, I'm just lucky that, yeah, I guess I like it in a way, but you're so focused on the sprint itself and getting there in good position that you're not really thinking about the danger. Like, I find it much more scary in the bunch if I was going down mm. the gorge because I know I can't win that stage. So, the like, I'm just thinking about the risk because I know, like, all right, in a K or two Ks or whatever, or when we start going uphill, I'm going to get dropped anyway. Whereas when you're going for a sprint, you're so focused on just getting to the line, getting to that position that you need to be or following that wheel that you need to follow that you just go through gaps without even thinking about it. And your kind of autopilot just takes over and you have to just trust your instincts. And I think that's the main thing. And I think that's the reason why sometimes when a sprinter is going through a bad patch where they're not winning much, 
they start overthinking the sprint a lot. And when you start thinking about what you're going to do, like, oh, I'll go now or should I go now or all that kind of stuff just slows all your kind of reaction times down and then you just overthink the sprint. You go usually go too late um, and the race is over. Whereas when you're in kind of autopilot, you're on a kind of a confidence high. You just think you can hit out from anywhere and usually, yeah, usually you can. If you hit out around like the 200 mark, 150, 200, then if you're good, then... Not many guys can come around. Just need to to follow your instincts. Then you're not not scared, and you can usually yeah do pretty well in the do pretty well in the sprint. Anyone any sprinter that you're like, oh, he's a nightmare. Like when you're in there, you think, oh, get away from this boy. Like he's always doing um, something stupid. Or well, I'm not gonna like name names, but there's like just th- one. There's a lot of sprinters. Let's put them in grades. You got your A grade sprinters. Who are your best ones that you guys probably know? You know, Jakobsen, Philipsen, Sam. Who else? Is there? Who's winning? They're the main. Bruno Egan. Like the guys that are winning Grand Tour stages, big races. They're your A grade sprinters. Then you've got your B grade sprinters who basically can't sprint off the off a wheel. They just sprint in the wheels, and they're the guys that are an absolute nightmare because their results come off just sitting on the wheel. Mm. So they'll get a second place because they sat on my wheel or Jakobsen's wheel or something, but yeah. they can't actually come off the wheel and sprint. So it's all all those guys that sit in the in the shit and just try to follow a wheel. And they'll just, they'll fight to the death for the wheel because they know their result will come from sitting on the wheel. So they're not thinking about winning themselves. They're just thinking about, if I hold this wheel, that's probably why you're having fights behind me because he knows Maybe if I hold his wheel, yeah, then I'll get a get a place. He was ninth but that he, day, by the way. So <laughs> Taj Jones, yeah, <laughs> he owes me sneakers, by the way. Yeah. He what? Owes me sneakers. Oh yeah, yeah. What what happened there? We had a bet. What did we bet about? Who would last the longest in the national road race? What you or him? Yeah, and he um, tried to negotiate the bet a bit, but. I didn't really have a bar of it. And then, of the, like, this was a couple of days out. And then on the morning of the race, like, he, he wouldn't take the bet. On the morning of the race, he said, I woke up feeling good. Let's do the bet. And I said, done. <laughs> and, this uh, year? Yeah, just the national oh, okay. one. So he's got time then. I thought you meant he, he it was a bet from a while ago. No, but... well, I want my sneakers now. Well, yeah. yeah. He had a week, didn't he, before this? To... Yeah, there's a sneaker shop down the road. So mm. and it's a 500 bucks, like, budget. Woo! So. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to those. Um, <laughs> I remind him every day in the bunch. But yeah, still haven't got them yet. But yeah, so they're the sprinters that mm. are a nightmare for me. Yeah. Okay. If I were to give you, Caleb, the opportunity to sneak undercover into the tour organizer's office and design the perfect bunch sprint finale for you, what would it look like? Just the final K or like this whole stage? No, go go longer if you want. It's your it's your stage. Um, I'd probably just have like hmm, I'd probably have flat for like eighty K. Actually, no. You know what? I'd just go flat to make, keep it simple. I'd just go flat, and then one kilometer at five percent to the finish line. Hmm. Any corners? Well, I do like a corner at like. 200 meters to go oh spicy yeah because you know what if you're in bad position 
You just go for dive the dive bomb, bomb <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you've got yourself into position without using any energy. All right, so 1K uphill, 5%, let's say corner at 250, and then just like a little bit extra at the end, just mm. just to make those big guys suffer a little bit more. You like that dam sprint, don't you, in UAE? Is it in UAE? Yeah. That dam? Yeah, they don't have it this year, unfortunately. But uh. That's like 25%. It's crazy. Yeah. It's very steep. But those sprints do suit me because I'm a small sprinter, so my power to weight's probably better than better. Bigger, bigger guys. So the faster sprints actually don't really suit me because bigger guys just you're roll. You're fast though, aren't you? Oh. Like if you were to rank sprinters, I'd say what you were one of the fastest. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, no, the bigger guys are faster. Yeah. Probably like pure speed, but mm. that's probably why like in a fast sprint, if I win, I just like come like last minute out of the slipstream. Because if I just hit out 200 in a fast sprint, I just mm. go nowhere. Um, so I have to be much more like tactical. But when it's uphill, that's kind of when I'm in my element. Are we chucking any, any headwinds at all? Any crosswinds? Anything like that you fancy? Nah, no, nah, because I just like to sit at the back of the bunch, relax, <laughs> and then when I need to switch on, I'll switch on. I don't, I, I mean, I don't mind, oh, no, nah, actually, I don't really like crosswinds. Do you like crosswinds? It's stressful, isn't it? Yeah, you don't like the thought of them, do you? But then once you're in it, and you've made the front, and you're doing all right, it's all right. But just that anticipation and the build-up to it, it's just like, oh, God. Yeah, all the stress leading up to it, and yeah. crashes, and... Or if it's like, you know, did you ever ride guitar? Nah. Oh, I did guitar world. Yeah. When it's just like the neutral is like 50k an hour and stressful. Oh, we did we did a Saudi tour last year mm. and it was just like, we had like a 50k road straight and just like blowing a gale like so hard. Was, I reckon the wind was like 50, 50k an hour or something. Oh. It was like, you just had to, you had to, oh, it was so, it was so strong that my bars were twisted at the end of the crosswind section. No. Yeah. Because I was fighting, fight, oh like, my God. I was fighting the crosswind so much that obviously, like, I was pulling my bike that way and the wind was blowing the other way and I just, my bars were bent. That's got to be Gant Wellgum, when was it, 2015? Oh. Style, surely. Yeah, must, yeah. It just, like, it just sprinted from the, um, from the neutral car and then it was just in, like, five or six groups that was it for 50k then we just turned into a blockhead win for the other <laughs> it all comes back together okay and then it was just like the slowest race ever the sun it was so slow in the end the sun was like it was getting <laughs> dark it was like the sun was setting it's crazy it's that the margins are so fine aren't they in bunch sprints that's what i always think watching from the outside but also the difference between emotionally between crossing the line first and crossing the line second and you can see it on all your faces. You can just see that explosion of joy, Caleb, if you cross the line first. And if you're second or you're third, just the head goes down. And it's like all the air has been sucked out of you. Yeah, it's like your emotions either like at the top of what it can be or at like the bottom of what it can be. Because you, you, know, you have so much adrenaline when you lose. The you always have like maybe something happened and you think that's why you lost. And you're just like so angry. That's the best way to best way to describe it. Does it yeah. take you long to cool down? Oh yeah. With a disappointment. Oh, like? oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. How long would you say? Like, say a stage in the Grand Tour, because it's you need to like you know, the next day be back on it, don't you? Really, like. But how long would that disappointment last? 
Is it, I guess it's better sometimes if you have a race the next day to put it Yeah, right. sometimes you're like, you know what? Yeah, next day is the, you know, another chance and, and you go for it again. But the biggest disappointments when like maybe, like for example, the tour this year, there was always like the whole tour was quite disappointing, but there was always like the hope that in the end, you know, there's still Paris, there's still a chance and maybe I can still win. Mm. But then like once you finish in Paris and you haven't won and you did the whole tour and you didn't win, win a stage, then it's like, that's really hard. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can do any anymore to like rectify anything. It's just like, it's done mm. and you didn't win, which I had twice this year because I didn't win in the Giro and I didn't win the tour. So it was, that was a, like the Giro was actually hard to come back from and refocus for the tour because I was very disappointed with that. Um, but yeah, more so at the end of the race, it's, can take time but usually in the race if there's still a chance to come then you can yeah. yeah get your head back on and and go again but i don't know sometimes you just need to throw some shit and <laughs> yes i mean you're being teammates with cab surely you've seen him oh lose his shit yeah yeah once we did a lead out in the giro i was leading him out me and then pete kenyak in front of me we're coming into Montecatini, which is close to where we used to live in italy tom and the bunch finish was it was a it was a sprint and it was a corner perfect for you 300 to go something like that and there was some vikus or something like that Do you remember that dude big bloody oh yeah is it vikus yeah for like green edge yeah he was running for, i was about to say he's running for green edge he went long and then we were like before the corner yeah yeah he went like 500 to go or something like oh, try jumping us and we were like oh sweet it's laughing so we had him. Pete's bringing him back. I was going to take over after the corner. You're the Cavs' last man. I'm the lead out man, yeah. Oh, fuck. 2012 <laughs> Giro, yeah. I was after a turn nice, around. yeah. Shit. <laughs> and um, Vikas just went in too hot, decked it. Pete was like, he basically stopped mid corner. I had my foot out and like just got round. But then we all messed up Cav as well. And then that, was his name Ferrari? Some dude, Ferrari. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Italian yeah. guy. Cav hated him anyway, even before this. And then this guy had a because sweet that, run. That guy took Cav out that year. That must have been why then, yeah. 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 Cav had it in for him. And then this dude came out the corner 20k an hour quicker than Cav. Cav got going, like almost got him on the line, but this dude won. Cav was fuming. And then he's on, you know, on in Italian TV... After the stage sometime, you go and sit on that big stage with like some ex-pros and presenters. <laughs> yeah. Cavs on there with Chippo. And they're both just ripping into me and Pete oh. live on TV. And this is playing on the bus. Me and Pete are just sat there like, cheers, <laughs> Cav. Like, you can say all this to us on the bus, but live on Italian TV, yeah. Grazie mille. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, oh. that's something I always like. Media know as well that like, they try to get something from you straight after the stage if they know you're disappointed because they're like, all mm. right, he's, he's got a hot head right now. Let's get him to say something stupid. Yeah, especially when it's Cav or someone. And yeah. uh, so I usually just go in the bus, try to like breathe, cool down a bit, have a shower. And then mm. when I'm ready, I'll go out and speak to media. Because the last thing you want to do is go out to the media, talk shit about your team and then be like, hey, guys can you help me again tomorrow? Because they'll be like, mm, no, you're a prick. <laughs> um, so 
that's one thing I try not to do is, and I don't think I do, I'm pretty sure I've never done it, is really talk badly about my teammates in the media, even if they have done a really bad job. We just debrief it in the bus and work out how we're going to be better and then move on. Yeah, we didn't hold it against him. We kind of knew what he was like, but yeah, it wasn't ideal. Do you remember when he, he robbed some journalists' microphone as well after what he felt was a stupid question? All right, took you it. know how you're comparing Cav and I? We're actually way, way different. Yeah, Cav, and I, are, Cav and I aren't aren't similar like that. He's, Cav probably likes shit talking more than me. I like shit talking with Cav because he he kind of like takes it and gives it back, which I like. Whereas Sam, like, he'll just kind of like, just won't give it back. So it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit awkward. Um, but uh, yeah. Do you, what about GC riders? They have a... Do you guys have pork uh, smack? That's totally different. Never, like, what do you call it in cricket? Sledging. Sledging, yeah. You might, in yeah, football, you call it housery, don't you? Yeah. So you'll never go into, like, the bottom of a climb next to Roglic or something and be like, hey, fuck, I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't uh, do that? No, nah, it'd more be the opposite. Oh, like, during the stage, I might be like, oh, yeah, take it easy today. I don't feel so good or something like that. But he's the master of that, to be fair. He's always, like, feeling bad, Roglic. Have you spoke to him during yeah, the stage? Ah, yeah. oh, man, this race is so fast. Ah, oh, I'm so tired. And then goes and, like, just smashes it at the last climb. He, he was trying to tell me that when I was getting dropped on climbs, he was trying to tell me it was all in my head. And I was like, this mate. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's, definitely it's not. not all in, yeah. It's definitely not all, all in my head. Like, <laughs> it's like me doing a sprint with you and saying, oh, you could sprint as fast as me. It's just, it's all in your head, mate. It's like... <laughs> It's a bit different. Um, but yeah, I just... Maybe with Pogaccia, you could have a bit of like, bit of bounce like that. But for the rest of them, they're all just a bit bloody... Yeah. Nothing with Quintana. You wouldn't say to Quintana at the bottom of the climb, like, fuck, man, look at me. <laughs> no, I don't really speak to him. Do you think you've got it in your locker, G, if you had to do a bit of trash talk and a bit of sledging? What would your approach be? I don't know. Um... I wouldn't mind a bit, you know, just a bit of like chatting shit. I say quite a bit of rubbish to Rowan Dennis. Be wind him up and he just flies if he's wound up. So I, Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So I try not to. But you know when Richie Port was on a different team, you could like sort of say Yeah. It's people that are sort of um similar sort of culture to you really, you know, Brits, Americans, Aussies, Italians and that are just different, you know. They like couldn't really do it with Nibali or with Vingegaard. It's not a Danish thing. The Danish aren't a nation of sledges, are they? They're too nice. Imagine Vingegaard, yeah, trash talking. Yeah, no, I can't really. <laughs> I mean, he barely talks anyway without trash talking. He was on here, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Good episode. Did you listen to it? No. Nah. Nah. Did he speak? Yeah, yeah. He's a cracking guest, yeah. One of the best, yeah, actually. Big hits. Big really? views. Yeah, a lot, a lot of listens. Yeah, well... I guess. I'll we'll have to rank it against this one. <laughs> no, this is not going to go close, I don't think. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see. You never know, mate. Say something now that's going to well, already, get everyone listening. I already just trash-talked most of the sprinters in the peloton. I said they can't sprint out of the wheels. <laughs> yeah, true. I trash-talked Quintana. Well, here's a headline for you, if you want to make a headline. If you had to put money on it, is Cav breaking Eddie Merckx's tour stage record or is he staying level pegs not if i've got anything to do with it 
There's um, a few sprints this year, no? In the tour? Or more than last year, at least? Yeah, there is more than last year. You know what? I really like Cav. And he was like, to be honest, he was like one of my idols growing up as a sprinter, obviously. And we get on well. For him, I would like to see him do it. Because I think it'd be nice for him. You know, he's been like, he's probably like the legend of sprinting. So it'd be nice for him to retire with uh, like a really big kind of stat like that. Most ever Tour de France wins. But you won't see me sitting up before the line letting him do it. So <laughs> Yeah, so if it's between two of you on the Champs-Élysées, the elbows are coming out and he's not getting passed. Of course not. No. See, sprinters are kind of ruthless like that. I always give an example. I was like, I'd say, you know, if my if my dad was a cyclist and his dream was to win on the Champs-Élysées, let's say, a Tour de France stage, and he was sprinting against me, and I had the chance to let him win, he's probably not winning. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's my job. I need to win, and uh, you can't take any wins for granted. And you just have to, I don't know, you have to have that mentality, otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. Won't be as good anymore. Yeah, I rate that. I like that. Are you a generous man, Caleb? So, you know, we talked a little bit about Cav today. And when, G, you were part of his lead out at the Worlds in Copenhagen in 2011, did he give you all a really nice watch? Was that the, the thank mm. you gift? Was, did it have the rainbow bands on or something like that? Yeah, and IWC were rainbow bands on the face. Okay. What's what's your um, level of gifting, Caleb, to your teammates if you have a well, if you have a good grand tour or a good good win? Do I give big gifts? I mean, my I do give gifts. My gifts aren't probably that extravagant. But like the last few tours that I've done, or the tours that I've done well in, um, I've given all my teammates watches. I've had like watches waiting in the bus for them in Paris. Even this year, like I didn't win any stages. But obviously, like, they were there doing the same job, helping me as much as I, they would have if I had won a stage. So their work was the same. Um, I didn't win anything, but I thought, you know, they did help me a lot. I'll still do something for them. And uh, I bought them all iPads, had iPads sitting on the bus for them after the stage in Paris. Nice. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's just something to show your appreciation. Mm. Um, it's not just like, you know, I didn't win anything, so F you. Yeah, it's like yeah. you still want to show like, hey, I, I appreciate everything you did to to help me through the tour. And we tried, but yeah, it didn't come off. But yeah. Get me, sign me up for 2024. I'll make a return to my lead out duties of 2012. Yeah, that'd be good. You can always just lead me out. And I need a new one. Even, even if we're not teammates. Well, if you do for an a, iPad, if yeah. you do a good lead out, yeah, I'll, I'll get you an iPad if you do a good lead out for me. All right, yeah. One lead out is all he needs for the iPad. If I win. Oh, but I tried as hard as if I, if you... Nah, <laughs> that's a whole tour's worth of... Okay, yeah. If I win, it's different. All right. Box number people yeah. like that. Yeah. Then you can tr- practice your trash talk. <laughs> yeah. You're a good salesman, mate. Me? Yeah. Selling it well. Yeah. It's good fun. Mm. Well, on that note, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure to share headphones with you like Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, it's been nice sharing a bed with you. And in bed, yeah. Relaxing podcast. Well, I guess, can people see that we're sharing a bed or not? There might be some I don't know if we're recording, but I think it's quite obvious we're in a bed now. Yeah. I think the whole vibe has been very sharing a bed. Mm. Nice big king. This is kind of like the relaxed podcast I needed today. Mm. Thanks, G. Cheers, mate. Thanks for coming. No problem. Thanks for having me. 
Gee, I am delighted to announce that we have got Momentus back on board as a sponsor for Series 3 of the GTCC. Momentus, a little bit like UG, are dedicated to optimising both the mind and body and they're leading the way for high performance seekers at all levels. Right, so for those not familiar with Momentus, gee, tell us all about their flagship product. Yeah, so PR lotion is something I've used on my body for years, Tom. It basically delivers bicarb directly to your muscles via your skin and bypasses the gut, which I don't know if you've ever drunk bicarb, Tom, but that's a big plus. The best time to use it, I find, is an hour and a half before your workout on Zwift or out on the road or whatever you're doing. And it's not too sticky either. It doesn't get stuck in your hairs if you've forgotten to shave. And it definitely helps me train harder. All of this is true, G. It is actually scientifically proven to improve performance and decrease muscle soreness and helps you make all those training goals. If you want to get your hands on some PR lotion, Momentus are giving GTCC members, that's you listening right now, yes you, 25% off. Give them the code G. Just head over to PRLotion.com and use the code GTCC2022 to get 25% off today. Enjoy. Tom, Zwift are back for their third season sponsoring the GTCC. Which means our Wednesday 6pm group rides continue. Exactly. Just hop on your trainer, open up the Zwift app and join the group ride. You get to ride alongside us, all our club members and wear the in-game GTCC jersey. And if you're new to Zwift, just go to Zwift.com to start your free trial today. During this season of the pod, we're going to be walking you through all the new stuff we've been trying out on the app. Just think of us as your testing team. So Chairman Tom, what have you been trying this week? Well, gee, I've got some big news from Zwift HQ. Zwift have released their first ever smart trainer called the Zwift Hub. Right, you might wonder why we're only mentioning this now. Well, it was so popular, it kept selling out. But Zwift are fully stocked now and ready for the peak indoor season. It's £449 or $449 slash euros for our friends in Europe and the US. And at that price, it is serious value for money. It's a direct drive smart trainer, so it comes with everything you'd expect, like smart resistance and a built-in power meter. Plus, it comes with your recipient's or your choice of cassette pre-installed. That is serious business, so there will be no tears on Christmas Day. Just head over to Zwift.com to grab yours now. And don't forget to join us this Wednesday at 6pm UK time for our club ride. Come and have a chat and get your winter training in. See you there. Gee, I think we should start our Any Other Business today with a huge shout out to our Australian GTCC members and especially to Nicola Thin, who was out in force with her family watching you in the tour down under in Adelaide. Nicola managed to get a photo of you, G, in your very snazzy new white sun god sunglasses. Um, but she did post it on the Facebook group to say, five loops passed and if I stood on the left, G rode on the right and if I stood on the right, he rode on the left. <laughs> so it's good to be back roadside. Yeah. Um a shout out to Matt Williams, who took beautifully the full GTCC kit. So the jersey, bib shorts and the socks for a spin to a velodrome taster session. And Matt says, it might not be the Geraint Thomas National Velodrome of Wales. Good reference, Matt. But apparently it's the steepest velodrome in Europe. Oh. Now, Matt doesn't actually say which one he's at. So can we guess? There's some French banners in the back of his photo, which might give a clue. I've no idea. Steepest... It makes me think, if it's the steepest velodrome in Europe, it's not a 250. It's like 
as in 250 meters round because um like cal shot in the uk for instance is 140 i think is that the one near southampton yeah yeah and that's obviously yeah. steeper because well the bankings are tighter so it's got to be steeper to get around it so that's um i'm not sure that fact is factually correct i'm gonna throw that out there okay without even knowing where he is Unless he's going around the tiny velodrome, I can't imagine it's the steepest in Europe. Something I'm wondering, G, like we can see those banners in French. All I'll say is that France is not the only country where they speak French. Oh, yeah. Papua New Guinea, they speak French, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> if Matt has worn the full GTCC kit to a velodrome in Papua New Guinea, Matt, you are a hero. <laughs> or maybe Switzerland. Possibly Switzerland, yeah. Belgium. Right, okay. Anyway, so if you do fancy getting some GTCC kit, just like Matt, then go to the gtccstore.com to get yours today. We'll be putting in a big pre-order of gilets and jerseys, so you need to get yours ordered by Thursday, the 26th of January. You can also get bib shorts, hoodies, and water bottles. Yeah, and go and check out our GTCC Facebook group if you want to see some pics of our stunning members modelling the kit at various races, rides, pubs, and cafes. Also, if you fancy getting a discount off the kit, you can sign up to our Patreon and get a load of other amazing benefits on top of that, like a ticket to an online live recording of the podcast. Just go to patreon.com forward slash GTCC and sign up today to become an official GTCC domestique. Actually, Jay, on that note, let's give a shout out to our new domestiques who joined this week. Yes, a massive thanks to the following. Simon Gibbon, Maurice Omani. Stephen DaCosta, Phil Jones, Jackanasta footballer, <laughs> Kate Creedon, <laughs> and Jonathan Power. And also to Michael Benson, to Andrew Lane, Matthew Davis, and Chris Simon. And if you fancy getting involved with the GTCC in real life, the good news is that we're a proper club. And you can join one of our GTCC group rides around the country by having a look on Facebook for your local GTCC road captain. Yeah, just last week, G, the GTCC Herefordshire group, led by Fiona and Pierre Mundell, had their first meetup of 2023. And Worcestershire road captain Paul Felton was even persuaded to go along and try out that route. So let's leave him to persuade you to give it a go. Paul says, Riding with Pierre and Fiona in Herefordshire is what cycling should be about. It's what life should be about. And it's definitely what the GTCC is all about. Get out on your bikes doesn't matter where or with who or how far or how fast you go it's about making friends and having the best time ever paul says i promise you will quality couldn't have said it better myself tom perfect i agree and if you would like to become a gtcc road captain drop us an email and let's get even more gtcc rides going around the country and on that lovely note we shall see you next week ciao ciao that was the garrett thomas cycling club Thanks to Club Secretary Louise Gwilliam, Heads of Music Emma Hickman and Frank Beecher, Head of Social Archie Biltcliffe, and our Honorary President Mike Carr. But most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.